It's nice to hear your voice. It's nice. It was nice to see your face, even if it was uh, just a brief <laughs> glimpse before I threw a tea towel over you. Do you, um, do you know a funny thing? Um, uh, a certain friend of mine said, mm, my, Lee has an extraordinary radio voice. And uh, all it's done to me is go, be very self-conscious about how I sound. Oh, no. You we're, sound awesome. We are so, humans, sorry, I, I mean, I think all humans are a little bit like this. So just oh, ridiculous. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's any consolation, I spend most of the time covering you up on our FaceTimes so that I don't have to look at your amazing head of hair. And that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> and also, so I don't have to see how, you know, sculpted from marble your body is. it's true you do have a fantastic head of hair for radio don't you <laughs> i also have a fantastic six pack for radio this is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things i'm simon ellis and I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife. <laughs> and in a way, that's sort of, um, that's what I was thinking about for today's chat. Hmm. So I bought a new jacket. It's made ethically. The, um, the company's called Painter, P-A-Y-N-T-E-R. We had a conversation a good few years ago where you said that you were struggling to work out how to be a valued member of society that contributes to an economy when you just don't want to buy stuff anymore. Did I really say that? Yeah, you totally did. And I <laughs> said sounds so obnoxious. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does. I didn't think it was obnoxious at the time. I thought it was really interesting because what you did was you, you, you said, I'm, so I'm going to invest in services. Hmm. Which I thought was a really nice strategy that you're still, you know, contributing to the economy. But... Which is actually a way of just saying, I'm just going to buy more massages. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that, was, uh, that. that was actually from a Richard Sennett book, this Australian economist. And um, he was just saying the GDP as a measure of economic uh, growth or success. And just saying, actually, what money is spent on has to be considered as opposed to that money is spent right gdp is basically a a crude if ever there were a crude uh measure of anything you know his perspective is when you're dealing with something as dramatic as climate change then we need to be thinking about what money is spent on (laughs) yeah and so yeah and that was his his one of his thoughts so uh, me sounding like (laughs) sounding (laughs) obnoxious all those years ago was effectively just parroting Richard Sennett. I think I've got the name right. I don't think it's obnoxious and I don't think it's parroting. I think, you know, we, we, we have to adopt different models. And, and I maybe two years ago, I decided to not buy anything new and then realized that that's just not who I am. <laughs> so, because um, <laughs> I, I just, I just you really like, like new stuff. I like new clothes, stuff. I like... particularly clothes. Uh, Yeah, but I've tried really hard not to, for a long time, I've tried really hard not to do the kind of things from the high street. So I I was thinking about how I contribute to an economy a bit like, I guess, a bit like you were thinking about it, except you you went for services. Um, And I found this company that do this kind of uh, irregular, like I think it's twice a year they produce a, a jacket. 
Say the um, name. Say the name again. Painter. P a y n t e r. Great mm. company. So this jacket was delivered, and I was wearing it this morning, and I caught myself in a reflective surface. I just caught myself in a full, a kind of a full length window. Yeah, display. shop window. Shop window. Exactly that. And I was really taken aback by the person who was looking out of the window oh. at me, because it's not who I expected to be <laughs> by this point in my life. I have to be very clear, this was not a disappointment. I was not going, oh my God, this wasn't a self-image thing in the sense that I felt unhappy with what I could see. Mm. It was just that the, the creature that looked at me is not the creature that I think I look out of. Oh, I love that. I had a moment of thinking about, have you turned out the way you thought you were going to turn out? That's funny. I've actually been noticing that a lot lately because most of the uh, video chat software I'm compelled to use for different circumstances does not enable you to turn off your own image. So I think I've looked at myself more since, what was it, March of 2020 than I've ever done before. And it's I find it... Um, and so I've actually gone to a whole lot of trouble to, to have little... Um, pieces of cardboard that I put over my own image not because not because I have some kind of problem with seeing myself but just that it's just so distracting in a conversation to keep you know you can see people's eyes flicking uh, yeah. towards their own image because you know we, yeah. we are let's face it fascinated with, with ourselves I mean you and I <laughs> Could there be any better example of that than you and I thinking, let's have conversations, let's record them, let's publish them online? I mean, there's nothing, nothing that says... No, yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like, what should we talk about? Us? Yeah, that seems like a topic. Yes, all. Yes, everyone will enjoy listening to that. <laughs> yeah, so, but... Um, Oh, it's such an interesting question because you're tapping into or you're touching... Uh, because you know, as you know, I'm a dancer or have been yeah. a dancer, or and dance training is bizarrely certain aspects of it are so much looking at yourself in a mirror and not piddly mirrors, they're big, 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 big mirrors. You can't avoid yourself, and there are particular kinds of training, and certainly ballet is probably the most, um, well. Maybe, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I think hip-hop also is very uh, focused on looking at yourself in a mirror in a way. And, and so there's, there's, you know, the problems of dysmorphia, yeah, which is a sort of slightly roundabout way of saying I, I, I think a disconnect between how I see my face and then how I see the rest of my body. And there are little funny little moments where, do you know those, I don't even know what you call them, but you know, around your knees where there's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a particular muscle, which I, I do know the name of, which is vastus medialis oblique, which is the, that kind of muscle that runs around and it sort of hangs over the inside of your, of your leg, just above your knee. And mm-hmm. you see it when cyclists have got big VMOs, for example. And yeah. that particular muscle on my leg has, st- <laughs> the skin has started to sag in such a particular oh, way. Like it's really, yeah. yeah. And I really would go, oh, I see why people People would want to get a little nip and tucks. Isn't it interesting that it's your knee that made you become aware of that rather than your face? <laughs> and I, I don't mean that in a I don't mean that in a kind of like oh funny Simon kind of a way. But I, I'm genuinely curious. Is that because you because you just said that there's kind of a, a slight disconnect, disconnect between yeah. your face and your body? 
Is there a sense that you are more invested in the body than the face? Or I don't mean invested in the sense of like, um, I mean, as in your sense of self comes from that more than from the other. Oh, I just don't like admitting this. I really don't like admitting this, which I, I think I have an enormous amount invested in the idea that I'm fit. It's really, and, and the flip side, the, the face side, is that the other side? No, the up, the, uh, the above the neck part is, <laughs> is more because you just can't, it's so impossible to avoid the sense that um, your face is changing. It doesn't matter how, you know, how physically active you are. Or um, it, it just reminded me, I, I get these, uh, some of the ads that get served to me on YouTube it seems to be quite a common one for me. I'm quite curious if you get the same ad where it's some, it looks like some incredibly hard piece of rubber that a man holds. Oh, that you, that you chew in your face? <laughs> that you chew. Do you get that ad? <laughs> I, I've had it a couple of times and just gone, what about my profile has made you think that I care about my neck? I've got a massive beard. I haven't seen my neck for about six years. I'm not worried about anyone else seeing it. But it's his jaw, you know, that kind of, that sort of Tom Cruise-like gritting your teeth jaw. And uh, is that somehow that's appealing? And so I've never had any of that kind of, um, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 this investment thing, I mean, it worries me. Like it worries me not because, it it just worries me because I think it's, it's over-investment in an idea of what a body should or can do. And uh, it's, it's, it is, let's face it, a losing battle. Yes, oh, absolutely. It? it is a losing battle, but uh, yeah. And today's, and it was. I think that's sort of why I was so caught by myself today, just kind of catching that glimpse of myself in a window. It became less of a glimpse and more of a, a an extended stare, um, because I was really. <laughs> How long did up, you spend there? <laughs> I'm still outside. <laughs> I'm still looking in the window. Yeah, it was in, so so it, it, yeah, it was a glance that maybe lingered. And just being struck by I just didn't expect to turn out like this. Hmm. It was a kind of I in my head, I always thought that I, I always thought I'd be smaller as in shorter, more like Spider-Man, sort of like little and compact. And I guess that's what I've wanted to be. Yeah. And I'm I'm just this like six foot two, fairly slab like creature. Would you say was, slab? Yeah, like a, I'm a big slab of, of meat. M- meat. It's it's I take up a lot of space in the world and I, I kind of know I take up a lot of space on one level in the sense that I'm always knocking things over. Um but I don't notice what I look like and I just saw this sort of quite i guess formidable looking thing that if i if it walked across the road at me i'd be quite frightened of it really but i also yeah but i'm also really aware that that's not a that's not a reflection of its interior landscape or frankly of its <laughs> capabilities <laughs> so yeah and i love that a, you're talking about yourself in the third person there as well it's it's interior landscape it's capabilities i love that but, yeah, but it's it's how I felt about it, yeah, and it is yeah, still yeah. it. It's still the thing that was in the window. It's not me because it didn't look like me. Um, but 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 wait wait. So, at what point did you used to think, or do you still think of yourself as being someone who is going to be short, or someone like? <laughs> yeah, it seems to me like you're being a little slow catching up with the truth, catching up with yeah, the facts. I am slow, but that's what I mean about about. I, 
I think the have you turned out the way you thought you were going to turn out because I haven't turned out and I'm and I and I know it's a process of becoming um but and I don't know when this when this pattern of what I thought I would look like was sort of in in sort of inscribed Sit, yeah yeah but I but it's still even it's so deeply held it still surprises me when I look like I look and I go oh that's Bigger. That is very. It is very interesting, isn't it? Because I was always the smallest kid. I was the the runt of the litter, as it were, in in um, in any class I was at, uh, even at high school. And I was one of the very last to to reach puberty in the sense of my voice breaking. Yeah. And that that self image of being small stayed with me. And so I went to I I went my my uh, undergraduate degree was in physical education and. There are a lot of, you know, strapping people in that class, you know, lots of people who became all blacks in New Zealand, all that kind of thing, right? And yeah. and and so it stayed with me. But the funniest thing happened was when I went to dance school, dance training, I overnight became huge. Like I and it took ages for me to recognize that I was the the big person in the class and not wow. you know and it was so strange because it was we used to do we had to do pas de deux which which you know I'm sure you'd be fascinated is is ballet partner training right and I was always partnered with the biggest women in the class but it was so weird because I kept on going why are they giving me that person oh because you in your head you were like but I'm quite little I'm the why little guy me, I'm, I'm the little the, guy I'm yeah. the little guy but I was actually in fact the big guy I yeah. still don't, I think that's still that, that transformation overnight was uh, was so shocking and so hilarious at the same time. The transformation was somebody else's transformation, though. You didn't change, just your context. Totally, totally. And I also however, how everyone else in the room saw me. The, that sense of, like, that, that our bodies and their size and their capabilities is contextual rather than fixed. I just don't think we're, um, we are very often in circumstances where the context changes so drastically. Anyway, you, I kind of interrupted you. You were you were just talking about that um, sense of the thing that stuck. And, I mean, are there other things? Well, yeah, are there other things that you think have stuck with you that you suddenly realise aren't necessarily accurate? So I was a fat kid. Well, I wasn't. An, I, was, I guess I was chubby. Did I you get called names, was, chubby? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was short um, and I was chubby. Um... But I mean, I wasn't like I was. I definitely wasn't by. I guess by today's standards, I probably would look exceedingly normal. Mm. Um, but for the nineteen eighties, I was a chubby kid. Um, also, I love exceedingly normal. Fabulous, thank you. <laughs> I might have to cut that out so I don't just basically <laughs> podcast says kids are fat. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be as if the Daily Mail are listening. I think, so. uh, I think we should cut to an ad break just right now. Have you thought about Squarespace? <laughs> or maybe we get Gwyneth Paltrow to sponsor us somehow. It's so funny you should say Gwyneth Paltrow because actually Gwyneth Paltrow came as a fully formed memory to me almost as a result of, the, of seeing myself in the window. <laughs> Can you remember... <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember when we went to the River Cottage? No, lunch? River Cafe. River Cafe. Just, just, I, always get I just love that. Just these little signs of the kinds of people we are and our class. <laughs> just, so like, just in case you weren't sure, dear listeners. Also, 
though, I would like to point out that we went for lunch, which tells you that we're also cheap. It was snowing. It was snowing. It was snowing. I remember that very well. And it was just the two of us. We, we mm. hadn't gone with partners. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think I was, was I, I was in London doing some yoga training, I think. Probably. Yeah, we were, so when we went to, I've already forgotten its name, River Cafe. River yeah. Cafe? I think okay, that's the, the one. It's the one that yeah, yeah, Jamie, yeah. Jamie Oliver used to work at. That's right. Well, yeah. It was when he was uh, sort of discovered when they were filming in River Cafe and there was this, you know, he was this bolshy young. Oh, is that um, how that happened? Yeah, and they went, wow, this guy, is, this guy is, as they say in the business, great TV. Yeah, and then he became the naked chef. He did. Well, we went for lunch, and um, coincidentally, at the table next to us, um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, because they were still married at the time, with their two children, were seated. Did they come? I rem- it's funny. I remember them coming in. They did come in. We, because we I were was facing, table. yes, and I was facing the, there's a sort of a counter where you're watching the chefs do their work, and you were facing out towards the river. And That's so right. in the entire, uh, my memory of this is that the entire kind of place changed, like the vibe in the place changed. Everyone behind the counter, the, all the employees stopped and looked. It was a very odd, and that's when, and of course, anyway, you tell, you tell, that's my memory of it anyway. That is, that is exactly, yeah, no, that's exactly my memory of it as well. And, and the, I have the added sort of layer that I remember being furious, like absolutely furious that Chris Martin would come and ruin my day. Because this was in the period of my life where I had I was being stopped quite regularly and asked for my autograph because people were mistaking me for Chris Martin. Oh no, no, no. Swear to God. Really? Swear to God, on at least five different occasions, people asked for my autograph. Not like kind of went, Oh, are you? and then realised as soon as they started a conversation that I wasn't. Actually, you sing so much better than he does. It's true, I do. And my songwriting ability is second to none. I think, quite frankly, he's living my life. I don't really think that. I think what was happening was we were both doing a lot of Ashtanga at the time, as in him and me. Um, Not together. Although occasionally in the same studio. Really? Yeah. yeah. This is all just new. This is all new. So when he came in, I remember being quite like, oh, fucking hell, I can't get away from this Chris Martin. Because Mm. it's like, if it's not spoiling my dinner, (laughs) he's he's interrupting a trip to the loo at a service station, which was my favourite. A man jumped out and stopped me getting into the toilet going, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. (laughs) And it came came so out of left field. Oh my God, I can't believe you're here. I was just like, here for a week i mean i don't i don't understand what you don't understand because it's like this is it's a service station what do you think i'm doing it's like, no but you know you're at a service station <laughs> yeah where where would you expect me to stop to urinate it's like, oh my god i really <laughs> i really love your last album and that's when the penny traps went i'm sorry i'm not chris martin he went oh no no come on seriously mate seriously i was like no I'm really, I'm, I'm not Chris Martin. He was like, you don't have to be like that. I was like, no, I'm not Chris Martin. I and never yeah. knew this. I never knew. I mean, it all makes sense now. Because every time I've seen you, I've had flashes of Gwyneth and Chris. I mean, it's just true. It's true. And, and Gloop, is it Gloop? Goop, I think. I think you were right first time. Yeah. So she, so she came back into, into my memory. And that, that kind of, that whole exchange popped up this morning because I was, I, 
I saw myself. Oh, that was the thing. You'd gone somewhere and I was waiting for you and I was standing. You know, the, the, they had like a bar area by the... Yeah, yeah, by the entrance. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I was, so I was leaning against the bar and there was a mirror behind the bar. So I was looking at myself and the door to the toilet was next to that mirror that's area. Right. And he came out of the loo as I was looking at myself in the mirror. So I had this beautiful moment of side by side. And I could see him. And I could see me. I just went, nah. <laughs> nah. Can't see it. I mean, you know, we're here talking about middle life, really, aren't we? Yeah. And do you, yeah. Think, and do you think that's, do you think there's something about that awareness that's different now than it might have been? 20 years ago. Like, is it, yeah, you, you understand the question. You understand what I mean, right? I do understand the question. I think the thing that's different is that I'm much more forgiving of the thing that I saw. Oh. Because what I saw was just not at all, not at all what's in my head. But what I saw was very pleasing. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a vainglorious kind of a way. But I just meant it, it was a shape that, I, that, was, that was sort of uh, reassuring. It looked capable. It looked like it could do things in the world. And I just thought, oh, that's nice. That's a nice thing to look like. So it was kind of that. And it was that level of, I probably, if I'm being listened to by um, any psychologist, they'll probably say that I'm in a deeply dissociative state and I should go and get medicated. Well, I was just, actually, you, I was just thinking as you're talking, then I was thinking, actually, what we're really talking about is this extraordinary state of being human which is in a way dealing with the differences or the discrepancies between how we are and how we see ourselves and and perhaps even how others see us that there's always that, that discrepancy there's always that difference and you know you might say that's delusion i've always been staggered to imagine my the people i was friends with as a as a you know as a teenager and and what's happened in their lives and and the kinds of things which have have um where you end up kind of off the rails you might say or and i don't mean i don't mean socially but just where you where there's something's gone wrong and you're having to deal with that as i say that discrepancy between your image of yourself i don't mean physical self but uh, psychological self and the reality is that something that we we give to ourselves oh I, this has gone wrong or is this is that that other thing that you just said a moment ago about people's perception of you oh i don't know i don't know and also i, I also want to be careful because i'm i'm this is way out of my expertise I, and i have a feeling that unless we're Unless we have the skills, and unless we're taught the skills, maybe to um, to be with ourselves, to let's say diminish the the, the quantity of judgments or the, the the quality of judgment of ourselves, unless we can uh, draw in and build on that ability to do that, to to be with ourselves in that way, it's it's a very tough life to live. Yeah. What strategies did you employ? You know, how, what training have you done to make yourself feel more able to do that? I think I'm totally shit at it. I'm <laughs> uh, just enjoying the image of you just catching a glimpse of yourself in a shop window. Oh, that I love was, it. Yeah. I love it. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful that, you know, to see, ah, no, I'm not that person. I don't look that way. Yeah. I don't know why I think I look like Spider-Man. 
And I think you, it's like it's such a it's such a strange, a strange physicality to have have like thought in my head. You mean if Chris Martin was Spider Man? <laughs> He's too tall, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's the shoulders. The great thing about these shoulders is jackets just hang off them. <laughs> what was it? Tawny? No, Pawny? No. <laughs> Tawny or Pawny? What? Are we, oh, what? do you mean the jacket company? Yeah. Painter. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the idea of a Pawny jacket. <laughs> it's just. Do you like I, my jacket? I, <laughs> do you like my jacket of massive dicks? I, yeah, I love it. That's not fair. I had P A W N E Y in my head. <laughs> Your Darth Vader is better than my Darth Vader. Luke, come to the dark side. I am your father. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was dreadful. I'm so sorry. I didn't think it was dreadful at all. Can I do my best? Can I do my best yeah, joke please, please, ever? Please. <laughs> it's really shit. And I can never get that. I always, I'm so entertained by it that I think no, I had to say it. No pressure um, now. Oh shit! Um, feel your feel your vocal cords tightening. I, I'm feeling everything tightening because I can't even remember. All I can now remember is the really twatty uh, academic version of it. What? W- okay, what's the definition of a Deridian Christmas? <laughs> Absence of presence. <laughs> <laughs> what's that got to do Which, with James Earl Jones? Because if there's a joke that goes, um, Luke. <laughs> I know what you're getting for Christmas. I felt your presence. <laughs> it's just such a shit joke, and I can't do. <laughs> definitely can't do it while you're laughing. I can't do it while I'm laughing, but yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to sound more like that fella Bane from Batman. Oh, yes, Batman. <laughs> Which is not how he sounds at all. <laughs> he sounds far less intelligible, frankly.